Hello and welcome to another episode of Drone Source, sponsored by Elsight. I'm Ben Gross, and I'd like to thank you for joining me and welcome you to our podcast. Let's get started. another episode of Drone Source. Today with me, it is my pleasure to introduce John Vernon, CTO of DroneUp. Hi, John. Hi, Ben. How are you? Very good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Well, first of all, thank you for joining me. Um, we had to work a bit to uh, uh, get the logistics worked out, but it's really glad to have you here. I'd love if we could just start with a really simple question. Tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me a lot of it about DroneUp. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm a career technologist. I've, I've been doing technology since I was little. Um, I've always enjoyed it, uh, and uh, you know, I, I love the ability to kind of take new things and apply them to spaces that either hadn't been applied before, or or find ways to kind of create um, creative technology solutions. And so, you know, drone up, drone up is a um, you know a end to end kind of logistics solutions. Uh, provider at this point, um, going going and creating uh, op- business opportunities around aerial delivery and um, other aerial drone services. And um, you know we're we're super excited to be here and and to talk a little bit more about what that means. So you know you've basically thrown me the follow up question. Why don't you tell me what it means? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, so you know, look. We we believe that you know drones are a cost effective and um, you know green uh, solution for overall logistics, right? It, um, and it's not that it it, uh, it it solves all problems because that's not that wouldn't be true, um, but it certainly can solve a lot of problems. And so it's 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 another methodology of taking things um, and creating economic benefit by you know moving moving more vehicles off the road. Um, creating, you know, uh, ecological benefit, right? In terms of, you know, if you, if we're lowering emissions and we're we're producing better outputs there, um, but also we believe that it's also um, an opportunity to lower cost. Um, it's it is far less costly to kind of deliver uh, things at scale by a drone than it is to kind of uh, deliver them out, you know, even by by a you know, trucks and vans and vehicles, um, you know, but I, when I say that it's probably more related to kind of the last mile, but if you think about it, you know, you've had air cargo logistics that, that kind of revolutionized the way that we got um, product from place to place in the past. Um, this is kind of a, a new extension of that, right? It's a, it's a new opportunity to be able to do that, but, you know, delivery delivery uh, specifically is only a part of the story. The, the reality is, is that um, there's all kinds of other opportunities that, um, that drones have produced, you know, um, in many ways, kind of uh, it's certainly within the drone industry, people kind of call it traditional drone services, right? The idea of kind of inspection and analysis and, and all kinds of other uh, opportunities. Um, and, and the nice part about it is that certainly as you're, as you're growing out, um, you know, a business, the logistics is just kind of another extension. Um, and and the, um, when, when people kind of ask, like what's the difference between a delivery and kind of a inspection mission? I kind of get excited because the reality is, um, you know, the answer is kind of what you do when you get there, right? Like there, there's this whole thing of like, 
um, you know, it, it seems really complicated and, and it is, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. It certainly is a system of a system or system of systems. And, you know, I don't want to minimize the amount of work and energy and, and kind of safety and all kinds of things that go into the process. But when you're making the comparison between like, what's the difference between delivery versus, you know, a tower inspection versus a, um, you know, versus a, you know, inspection of a, of a parking lot or, or a bridge inspection or whatever it happens to be, right? Like the, the real answer is, is the only difference is what you do when you get there, right? So. So why don't we go back to the beginning and tell us the story of Drone Up, how it started, where it went from there. Take us right to the very start. Yeah. So, I mean, Drone <laughs> Up started in 2016. Um you know, uh, Tom, Tom Walker, uh, who's the CEO and, and founder of the business. Um, we were, we were working together at the time and, uh, he, he came in with this wild hair idea that said, Hey, I think we could do something with these drones. Let's come up with something. And, uh, you know, very quickly we had kind of iterated into, um, what turned into kind of a, a pilot network or a logistics opportunity, right? The idea of being able to kind of have a contingent workforce that could, could um, you know supply drone services to to people that at that point didn't even know that they needed it, and in most cases didn't even know what it was. Um, and so you know s- since then, drone up has continued to kind of evolve and uh, w- and, and move with the industry. Um, we've we've uh, you know in 2020 we started we undertook a, a process of of kind of evaluating what was feasible. We we kept uh, in terms of delivery, we kept being told by everybody that you know you can't do delivery, you know it'll never work. Um, you know, specifically under kind of part 107 regulations. And uh, so we, we said, okay, that's great, but let's see what we can do. Right. Like, and I think that's always been the story of, of drone up. It's, it's kind of a common theme. It's actually kind of a cultural theme um, that it's okay. Let's see what we can do. Um, And so we, we gathered together a a fairly decent sized group, a diverse group of people that were, you know, doing delivery, building drones, you know, had mailbox solutions, all kinds of things. And we we brought them together, and out of that we produced a study that that uh, we called Operation Last Mile, which was effectively okay, you know, what could you do? What can be done? Um, you know, we were we were fortunate in that you know uh, as a result of kind of that white paper that we produced that that um, Walmart picked up on it, and um, you know we proceeded from there to kind of doing COVID test kit deliveries, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, which which allowed us to kind of you know, uh, scale and test and, and verify that, you know, it was, it was feasible, right? Like what we had said, what we put down on paper was feasible and we actually did it. We did it in, you know, three locations uh, across the U S um, you know, uh, kind of scary conditions. If you think about it, it seemed like every time something would pop up on the news where, you know, they had rolling, rolling morgues rolling in, we'd be rolling in with, uh, with drones to deliver COVID test kits. Um, you know, but, but we were, but it was nice. I mean, we were, we were certainly safe. We were, um, you know, contact free as you might imagine. Right. Um, but, but the, uh, but the cool part was, I think we got an opportunity to not only kind of help people and, and, uh, you know, get, get information and, uh, about, you know, uh, you know, their, their situation and whether or not they had COVID. Um, but also at the same time, we were able to prove that that model out and prove that it was actually working. And then from that, um, obviously, you know, Walmart saw that, that, um, you know, we, we were putting our money where our mouth is and, um, you know, decided to make an investment and, and also to, um, you know, issue us a contract. 
We recently heard, this is uh, already several months ago, but we heard that the partnership with Walmart is expanding. Well, I would say continuing, yes. Um, you know, we've we've been really grateful for their their support um, and partnership. And I think partnership's the right word. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort and energy from both sides in order to kind of um, get, get these operations off the ground. Um, it's not just a matter of going to a place and flying a drone. Sometimes it seems or sounds like it's that simple, but... You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, real estate and logistics and construction. And, um, you know, we, we have been very appreciative of their, of their partnership. Um, and we're very excited. I mean, if you, if you look at the opportunity to kind of roll out services to the, you know, 4,700 or so, you know, uh, uh, domestic um, Walmart locations, you know, if, if you can fly out to a nine or 10 mile radius, you can, uh, you know, attack or, or, or uh, sorry, deliver to. Um, you know, 90, roughly 93% of the populated U.S. And so, you know, it, it, it's really a huge strategic opportunity to be able to um, have a partner like that that's, that's kind of helping us grow um, in terms of real estate. And it's giving us, you know, bases of operation to perform all kinds of different services, in, you know, in addition to drone delivery. I would love for you to, you know, let's uh, go into a little more detail about the transition from talking to Walmart to the pilot plan of delivering COVID tests to the current partnership where you're actually doing drone deliveries for Walmart. So if you don't mind, could you take us through that entire process, what it was like from the drone upside? Well, look, I, I, I really don't want to get into the how the relationship unfolded with Walmart. The, the long and the short of it was exactly what I had said a minute ago, right? We, we had this COVID test. We, we had the Operation Last Mile. Um, they, they, they read and saw the white paper. Um, they saw an opportunity for, for us to partner with West Diagnostics um, to do COVID test kit deliveries. And then through that process, um, we proved out a model that, that not only worked, but that, that they thought could potentially be scalable. And so from that, you know, obviously they, they've made commitments to us and us to them. And, um, you know, obviously made an investment that was also really helpful. So I think it's, you know, in, in one respect, I think it's a little bit telling, right? It's not just the fact that we got a contract, but it's also that they 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 saw something and they felt confident enough that they also made an investment. I'd also like to, uh, if you don't mind, let's discuss the hardware side of drone up, the drones themselves. Were they entirely developed and manufactured in-house? Did you take uh, parts from here, parts from there? I'd say the drones are pretty much the backbone of drone up uh, itself. So. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, look, I think um, we we are not a drone manufacturer. Uh, the, the reality is is that we saw that that there were you know hundreds, if not thousands, of different options uh, out in the world of of drone uh, people and drone manufacturers and you know drone systems integrators. And um, you know what what we what we were benefiting from by kind of being under Part One of Seven is that we were able to kind of test and validate and move quickly. Um, and I, and I, when I say that, I know that some people might say, well, that seems unsafe, but you know, the, you were, we were still doing the testing. We were still doing the verification. Um, you know, it, it, these drones, these are the same kinds of drones that we would be flying and doing inspection missions and other things. And so, you know, to, in, in that reality, we were able to then kind of at least start to build out an ecosystem of, of partners um, that, that could help us kind of ascertain what are the things that we need to incorporate and do in much the same way that you might do as a systems integrator when you're taking various different kinds of things, you know, whether it's off the shelf or you're having to engineer a manufacturing that manufacture them yourself. 
Um, we've been very fortunate that we've had a, a pretty good um, strategic relationship with Watts Innovation. Um, and, and Bobby's been a great partner at, at uh, kind of uh, taking the vision and taking the feedback and then materializing it into, a, into kind of solutions for us. Um, you know, cer- certainly we're, we're there. We're kind of setting the mandate of, of, around kind of what we need the drone to do and how it has to do it and, you know, what, what the speeds and feeds are, right, of in, and uh, what the safety and the reliability has to be. And, um, you know, we're, we're now on, you know, multiple generations from where we started in our COVID test kit deliveries. Um, and every every six to nine months, we're we're uh, you know adjusting, changing, uh, implementing, you know, doing new solutions. Um, obviously, from an ecosystem perspective, there's there's not a ton of settled science in terms of uh, um, kind of what what ultimately some of these solutions have to look like, especially in areas around like detect and avoid and other spaces. You know, so you know it's it's given us the opportunity to move quickly and to test in the real world, and not just simply kind of test you know one time a year at a testing location, but continual testing and gathering data and getting feedback and being able to iterate quickly. And so every time you know a new drone comes out or a new software revision comes out or whatever the case is, we're we're always and continually improving our target level of safety as a result. Anyone who's visited the Edelsite website knows that there's a joint case study between a drone up in Edelsite where, in fact, you use the Edelsite Halo as your connectivity solution. Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, you know, when when we started this process, we knew that command and control links were going to be a critical component. You know, even if we get to high levels and high degrees of autonomy, the reality is, is that there's still going to kind of be a, an expectation that somebody will have the uh, ability to take over from a safety perspective. Um, and so, you know, while, while, you know, it may be great and, and wonder and wonderful and futuristic to assume that a drone could be fully autonomous. Uh, the, the reality is, is that, you know, it's much like, it's much like aircraft that fly today. I mean, I, you know, in many ways, it, most of the aircraft probably can take off, fly, land, you know, pretty much by themselves. Um, but we, we have pilots there for many reasons. Uh, one of them is, you know, because they're, it's, they're there to make decisions that, that computers uh, don't, aren't necessarily good at making. Um, but in terms of actually, you know, the, the typical flight characteristics, being able to have a reliable command and control link, um, being able to kind of, uh, you know, send video feeds back where appropriate, you know, not, not necessarily in our delivery operations, but certainly in some of our, our other operations using different drones, you know, having, having that common platform that we can aggregate. Um, is really important. In addition to that, the idea that you know I'm I'm riding on a secure network within a secure network is also super helpful. Um, and we've moved pretty much all of our communications. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say pretty much. We moved all of our communications now with the drone over uh, through this kind of you know bonded and secured connectivity platform. Another question: You mentioned that uh, you're able to upgrade your drones or rather bring in new versions of your drones every six to nine months. Now, given the news that was released just a couple weeks ago that MatterNet received type certification of their drone, is type certification something DroneUp is looking at, approaching, interested in, or given the how fast your drones are progressing and advancing with each iteration, is it something that is not really on the table now? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I I think that there are bets to be made here, right? And I the type type certification has its benefits. It also has its drawbacks. Um, you know, the idea that they've definitely hit a target level of safety and that they they 
um, have the kind of capabilities to ensure that there's you know durability and reliability of that aircraft is excellent. Um, on the flip side, you know, we don't we don't know what the future holds in terms of um, additional capabilities needed on the drone, whether it's new computing or um, you know the, the the abilities to drive new detect and avoid solutions, both you know in air and on the ground. You know, capabilities to integrate the two. You know, and and so you know, drone, drone ops mission, as I said a minute ago, isn't purely just kind of a single drone logistics provider. Um, and I don't mean to diminish what Matternet's done because it's really amazing what they've accomplished, but you know, it's it's just a slightly different path that we're taking. Um, and the reality for us is that we feel like innovation across all of the drone industry um, is something that we're as equally focused on as if you know we were to kind of say, hey, we're going to be a drone delivery platform. Um, so you know, I, I think type certification is excellent in terms of like what it produces for the industry. It, if nothing else, it signals that like, hey, we're you know this is a, a real and a serious industry. You know, it's not a bunch of hobbyists out flying drones. This is a real thing, right? That 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 uh, is happening, and that we're going to move forward. Um, but at the same time, you know, to answer your question, you know, I I don't think type certification is is currently the only path. Um, as we looked at some of the outputs of even the advisory rulemaking committee for Beyond Visual Line of Sight. You know, there were certainly questions around whether or not type certification would be required for all aircraft, right? And so I think that, you know, part of this comes back to understanding what the, the risk uh, level is and more accurately, the proportional risk, right? The risk, the risk benefit uh, equation. Um, and so, you know, again, I, what Matternet's done is amazing. And I applaud them for, for taking that leap and all the hard work that it took to get that done. Um, you know, it, but in terms of where we're at, you know, I, I think if we try to do that across the four or five different types of drones that we need to effectively execute with, it, it would be a, it would be an uphill battle. And, um, we're not, we're not entirely sure that that's, that, that all of those scenarios require that level of kind of, uh, risk reduction. In a previous conversation, you and I had several, uh, several months ago. You mentioned that you don't look at the drone industry as drone up and other companies. You look at it as a whole and anything that advances the drone industry as a whole, in your opinion, is a good thing. All right. Now, given that being said, where do you see drone ups position in the drone industry? Do you see yourselves trending more towards being leaders or being a the middle of the pack sort of a company? Where do you see yourselves? Look, I, I I think I've drawn up as a leader. I, I think the challenge here is that it's hard to quantify what leadership means in some cases, right? I think that like what some of our, our competitors have done is is very different. Um and 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 the industry is very diverse, right? You've got you've got drone in a box solutions, you've got you know autonomy, you've got you know, people that are following a type certification path, there's vertical market focuses, like there's a lot of um, kind of highly fractured um, kind of items in the industry, and, and in some ways that's really good, right? That that makes that makes for a, a, an amazing environment where lots of things are kind of growing simultaneously. But it's hard to say, like, okay, you know, you're the leader. I mean, maybe you're the leader in drone delivery, but you may not be the leader in you know autonomous processing or 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 AI, right? Or in line art. Like, there's just so many so many pieces, and so in, in terms of Kind of from an operations perspective, you know, I, I, I would certainly say I think DroneUp is is leading in that specific case. 
Um, but there's a lot of other amazing companies out there that are that are doing amazing things in that space as well that are also helping to form and shape. We also saw news uh, quite recently that DroneUp is expanding its operations in Virginia Beach. Um, so, you know, it's it's actually in Virginia. Um, we're opening up innovation centers um, and training centers. Uh, the first one is here in partnership with Virginia, and we're opening, we're, we'll be adding, you know, a significant amount of jobs uh, there to kind of support that. In addition, yes, we have kind of Virginia Beach and the Richmond area in, in Virginia that we're opening up, uh, look, uh, uh, sorry, Walmart uh, delivery locations. And, um, you know, we're, we're also in a, in a position where, where, you know, our team is obviously growing, right? We're, um, we're, we're averaging about 800%, you know, employee growth year over year. It's, it's pretty significant. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a scenario where, yes, we're, we're bringing a lot of opportunity and economic benefit. Um, we're very supportive of Virginia and Virginia has always been very supportive of us. And we're, um, you know, uh, really proud of that relationship. Um, but obviously, we're also expanding into a lot of other areas as our footprint continues to increase into a lot of other uh, states across the country. Can you go into more detail on that? Uh, well, I mean, look, I think some of the announcements have already been stated, right? We're, we, we have six uh, states that have effectively been targeted for our, our first kind of hub openings, our hub locations. Um, obviously, as we continue to expand towards the, you know, uh, 4,700 Walmart locations, we'll be encountering a lot more states. Um, but, you know, so I, I can't get into the timing of that um, or when that when that's going to happen. But I, but I can say that, you know, we're, we're really pleased with the amount of support that we've gotten from, um, you know, the, the states that we've already kind of announced um, that we're doing these opening these locations. And um, most of them have come back, you know, both from an economic development perspective, but also from a, you know, we want to support you at the colleges and how do we how do we create programs you know, for kind of high high tech growth and and uh, high high tech jobs, um, and so we're 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 excited about not just the possibility of of uh, opening drone delivery and drone inspection kind of you know real estate locations, but but also with the ideas that we're we're partnering with these states and these municipalities to provide you know um, work and services. Um, at the same time, you know, our 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 acquisition, I shouldn't say recent, although it was only about a, less than a year ago now, um, but our acquisition of of Airmap, um, you know, we're we're rapidly folding that into kind of part part of the portfolio and suite um, of of DroneUp as a whole. And so certainly, you know, being able to supply um, you know, UTM capabilities and services um, and and integrations for you know all of these states to have visibility of kind of what's happening and to um, you know, to even supply areas where they prefer that we don't fly or, or to provide you know, or to allow us to kind of ingest information about, you know, uh, potential hazards or potential issues. Um, you know, those those relationships are growing really fast and rapidly. I would I, actually those conversations are in some ways happening faster than our rollout conversations ha- are happening in that we have far more uh, states that are interested right now in, in rolling out those solutions than, than we could actually roll out locations, um, you know, fast enough. So. It's been really great. That's an any enviable position to be in, without a doubt. Now, I'd like to uh, finish up. Uh, I have a question which I ask everybody at the end of every episode. Is I would love to get your vision of where you see the future of the drone industry two, five, ten years from now. What does the drone industry look like to you? Yeah, it's funny. I get this question a lot. Um, and usually my answer is it doesn't matter because I'll be wrong. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> um, look, I, you know, I, I, I think, I think in many ways, if, you, if you're familiar with kind of the, the hype cycle of things, um, it's starting to feel like the drone industry is kind of in the trough of disillusionment right now, right? Like we're, we're in this position um, where there was a whole lot of early hype. There was a whole lot of, you know, money that was spent. There were a whole lot of companies. And then you saw a lot of them kind of like peter off. And we're now kind of getting into this world where, you know, I think, I think we're getting to the place where it's starting to become a real industry and less, less of just kind of a, a, hype, a hype machine, Right. The more of these operations that we roll out, you know, including our competitors, you know, uh, more more opportunities to do not only delivery, but other services, um, the more of these kind of, you know, of deliveries that are effectively happening every single day. Um, we, we're going beyond just simply kind of, you know, hey, here's a really cool idea into here's something that's actually happening. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't miles to go right to, to get it to where everybody really wants it to be. Right where you can, you know, drive the costs out of it or drive the costs down, so to speak. Um, you know, it, it it hasn't reached the the level for any of the providers where it's kind of at um, kind of cost advantageous at the moment. But but the pathway is there, and I think it's 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 a clear and visible target as opposed to kind of before it was a lot of hype and we may be able to do it, but there really wasn't a well-defined kind of path to making it happen. So I think both, you know, we're seeing uh, strong regulatory support. Uh, with things moving forward, we're seeing um, you know organizations, really large companies, that are saying yes, this is one of the ways. We're seeing study after study come out that says um, the opportunity is now in terms of uh, reducing emissions and um, you know creating you know faster, better, cheaper kind of delivery options. Um, we're seeing more and more people that want to integrate um, kind of in, into this uh, this ecosystem. Um, you know, and and be able to kind of provide delivery services. I, I think that the reality is that you know within the next two to five years, to your question, that this is far more ubiquitous than we we think it it will be. Um, I think it. I think that as we continue to get those costs in parity, that that it becomes uh, something that I think consumers will start to demand. Um, and right now, uh, consumers are very interested, but they're not necessarily demanding it. But, you know, part of that is because that's not widespread enough for it to be kind of demanded for, right? If, if I had it at, you know, thousands of locations, then people would start to understand it. Right now, we're in the early kind of stages of that, um, where it's very interesting and we get lots of orders um, and people are, are willing to pay to make to make either get it there quickly or for whatever reason. Um, I think at some point as the costs go down, um, you know, the opportunity here or is that you know we you, it may become the way of ultimately delivering things uh, to to houses and to residents, um, you know. But there's also lots of work that has to be done, right? Like you know, um, residential locations are are fairly uh, simple to kind of uh, accommodate today. But you know, when you get into more urban settings and other places like that, there's still more R and D. There's still more work. There's still more uh, stuff that has to be done to continue to move it into the future. Well, I, for one, hope that, you know, you aren't wrong. I hope that everything you said does happen. So here's hoping out on that. I want to thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone for listening in. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next episode of Drone Source. This podcast is brought to you by Edsight. Edsight helps drone companies operate beyond the visual line of sight, overcome regulatory challenges, and scale business through integrated connectivity solutions. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode of Drone Source.